Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, Archery Unfiltered family? How's everybody doing? Uh, I got a special episode for you guys today where I get to do a recap episode with Alan Brunetta and Jacob Barber, the two West Coast archery gentlemen that won the second leg of the Outlaws outright. They shot amazingly together. They shot amazingly individually. Um, We just do a very slight, like very mellow recap of how everything went down. Uh, I didn't want to like step all over what they were saying. So I I had actually taken a bunch of notes for like, as I was shooting the uh, Lodi event, so I could share with you guys exactly how it went down for yours. Truly. Um, it was a great event. Um, I love shooting at Lodi. I always have, um, they run a tight ship there. Everything's organized. Everyone's really nice. Um, the food is great. They always have like pulled pork sandwiches or, you know, hot like chili bowls, all, all kinds of good food. It's always great. You know, as a fat guy, um, there's one thing that I really appreciate and it's a good, good meal. So, um, yeah, well, let's get into it. Uh, I shot a 919, right, for the outlaw, for the cartoon classic. Uh, for not the outlaw. I'm sorry. That was just the cartoon classic. I did not shoot the outlaws. The outlaws shot. Um, they shot the uh, 42 targets on Saturday, and then the second day they shot an additional, you know, X number of targets. And um, their second day of shooting was even harder than the first because they shoot like a much more technical course than the first. Uh, so your boy just shot the 42. The easy, well, I won't say the easy, but the uh, the the first section, the main section. Um, I shot pretty decently out of forty-two targets. I only dropped five points. Uh, in the past, I've done a little better than that, but you know, I'll take what I can get. I'm not, you know, I try to keep it realistic with my level of preparedness. So, um, most people ask me when I shoot, which targets did you miss and why, and I'm. I'm normally kind of irritated by that. I think someone said, I think it was Dave Cousins said, why don't you ask me about all the targets that I hit, right? But I can understand, like, I may be at my old age now, why people want to know. Because they want to know, did I get tripped up on something? Did something catch me, right? So I'll, I actually took notes on the five um, that I missed so that I could share it with you guys. Um. So the first target that I missed was actually the very first target that we shot. It was a a 35, um, it was a 35 yard target. I believe it was right before the seven footer. Um, and 
it was weird. Like I felt weird that I had I executed a good shot. My arrows landed. My first arrow landed high out at one o'clock. And so I because I knew it was a good shot, I just add you know clicked my sight, put the second shot in. Um, when you know you make a good shot and the arrow does not land where it should go, you have to correct on the fly. So I, I'm just going to give you guys like a little, not a coaching session, but like a little crash course, I guess. One thing, at 35 yards, you can identify if that is, um, you know, is that a good shot or not, you know? It's close enough. So the the 35 out at one, why? Well, I had noticed that all my all these close targets were uh, you know for some reason or another my arrows were really high into the right on all of them and i thought i was you know breaking good am i breaking good shots yes um the first thing you would ask is well didn't you shoot your bow at the practice range before shooting started and i did but i just went to 80 yards the <laughs> this classic thing that i remember i always used to see at these outlaw events especially in lodi when big pros show up to these events, they almost exclusively just hang out at 80 yards and just bomb 80 yards or whatever the furthest target is, right? It's almost like they're getting geared up for the hardest hold so that their first target is, you know, like a cakewalk. I don't know if that's what they're doing or if they're getting their sight, you know, marks dialed in or whatever, right? What I should have done is shoot 20 yards, make sure the arrows are landed in the middle. Shoot 80 yards, make sure the arrows are landing in the middle. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. I missed the 35 at 1. I get the second one. It's a 21. Okay. Uh, one point down, did some damage control. Punched the, new, the corrected number into Archer's Mark, right? Because I was high into the right. I gave it three clicks on the windage. And then I believe it was like four clicks on the um, three or four clicks on the elevation. And punched that number in. After I shot, you know, second shot went right in the middle. I was like, good to go. All right. And uh, so we're, we're working our way through the course. And uh, one thing I notice is that. As the the longer shots are going on, I'm finding that I have to click my sight, you know, one or two clicks to the left. And then as this the the targets are coming in closer and we're shooting closer targets, I'm my arrows are starting to land to the right, right? And my initial reaction is this is a center shot issue. Maybe I set my center shot hastily. Um the first target at my home range where I normally do this sometimes has like a strange left to right crosswind that, um, you know, doesn't, I can't feel, but you know, it can show up downrange. I thought it could be that, uh, but I wasn't quite sure. And I wasn't, I wasn't really going to, you know, put too much thought into it. I was just going to chase the windage right after I punched in that 13, um, all my sight marks were like dead nuts on. And let me just go out and say like having good sight marks is crucial. Uh, there is a level of forgiveness. 
you know, people always talking about having their bow tuned for forgiveness. There's forgiveness in having good sight marks. If your sight mark is dead middle and you break high but in the spot, it will land in the spot. <laughs> but if your sight mark is, you know, middle high and you break high, that shit is out. <laughs> so marks are good. I'm rolling. I'm just dealing with the windage thing. It's it's so slight. It's like, and what's great about Lodi is the targets kind of move in and out gradually. It's not like you do a 20 and then an 80 and then a 30 and then a 90, right? It's kind of like 20, then you got a 40, then you got a 30, then you got a 60, you know, and it kind of staggers in and out like that. Kind of like a an ocean tide, you know? Um, So... I just chased windage and I was fine. Like because everything's so gradual, I was able to take a shot, give it a click or two, get a better shot, you know? And uh that lasted me for let's see. Looks like seven targets. I had a run a clean run of seven targets and then we hit the one hundred and one yard shot. And I knew Right, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a couple clicks to the left on the hundred. So I broke the shot, and <clears throat> it was way left. I remember the guy said it. The guy that was like looking through the the scope was like, oh, "You're about four inches at eight o'clock." Now keep in mind, the 101 yard spot is huge at, at Lodi. It's much bigger than the the Bigfoot spot. So four inches out is kind of concerning. It's like, okay, well, at eight o'clock, that tells me my elevation is not great. And then my left and right's not great. So I gave it, I just gave it a rip on my, on my windage. It looked like I was guessing like six or seven clicks shot. It dumped it right in the middle. Okay, cool. 21 damage control, right? Punch that. I punched that mark in. So now... <coughs> I have corrected the 13 yard. I'm sorry. The 35 yard. I've corrected. And then I've corrected the 101. Everything else. Smooth rolling. Right. And as we're shooting. I'm kind of talking. You know. We're talking about. You know. Just if you notice things about your anchor and whatnot. And I mentioned like. Is anyone else chasing windage out here? Is anyone else noticing that things, you know, you got to, like, add clicks? And I get this puzzled, like, no. <laughs> like, I'm shooting with this guy, Buck Hayrend, right? <clears throat> Buck Hayrend is, like, an old-school bow hunter freestyle pro. I think he was a Hoyt pro um, at one time. Uh, he's a known communist, all right? But not that I care. Like, I'm cool with everything, you know, whatever your political affiliations are. And he's not even a communist anymore. I think he's like a full socialist. <clears throat> but that's cool, you know. Hey, I don't judge, you know. If you you roll around in a an electric vehicle, like rock on, man. I drive a Yaris, so I'm not far off. So, what's cool about Buck? He's an ex pro. Um, so I was telling Buck we're gonna have a battle of the has-beens today, you know, because Buck was shooting phenomenal. Like it, it was me versus Buck, like neck and neck for most of it. And even Rudy was shooting really great that day. Um, so I'm talking to Buck and I'm like, you know, 
I kind of feel like I'm chasing clicks on my windage. And he said, well, what you need is a nose button. And the way he described it was at long distance, when you're looking through your peep to center your peep, you're actually like wrapping your head around your sight at like a weird angle. And it's causing you to look like as you're wrapping your head around, you're not looking right down your sight anymore. You're not looking straight down your peep, but then through your scope, you're kind of looking, you know, from the right side of your peep through your scope. Something like that. It has something to do with this weird alignment. Maybe he's talking about your anchor and how that changes. But he says you put a nose button on there, it will correct your head. And you won't do this weird wraparound thing. Well, I, I do not... I'm not a fan of nose buttons. I, you know, I've, I've said many times I think they're... I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that I think they are. But I'm just against tying erroneous stuff onto your, your main string. You know, if you don't have to do it. Uh, I mean, you can. most people can get string contact to their nose. <coughs> Some better shooters than I use a nose button. So you can make your own decision. Okay? However, I did wonder, well, maybe a little kisser button might do good. Right? Um, Alan Burnetta, the man that I'm about to play the interview for you, he puts a little brass knock on his string, puts it to the corner of his mouth. I believe that is a real wild trick right or a logan wild trick i thought rio used a nitro button which is the same thing just you know like covered in rubber or whatever so anyway i had it in my mind okay the thing that's causing this this change this uh left and right or this thing is causing me to chase my clicks even though it's very minor um could be totally related to just my alignment at long range could be just you know how my head is centering the scope through my peep and all these things and as i'm shooting the long shots i'm like man it doesn't feel really off so you know i try to keep an open mind it might not feel off but unless i see a picture of myself shooting the different distances there's no way I really know. It just might be that I don't have the fidelity to prove it. Or uh, I don't have the fidelity to to identify it right away. And and for, uh, you know, the layman, uh, like fidelity is like the feel, right? How, how fine can you can you feel this? Uh, so anyway, I'm thinking, all right, I'm just not, you know, uh, present enough. To feel this alignment that's not correct. Maybe it's something I'll work on. Maybe I'll get a nose button. Who knows? All right. So we continue shooting. Um, you know, I have it in my head. It's either that or it's a possible center shot issue. Uh, and that, so then I go. We go to eleven yards. I miss the eleven yarder. Tall again. <coughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Like I punched the new thirty-five in. Well, I guess it only did half the trick. So, corrected, punched the 11 in. So now I know, all right, from, you know, from 10 to 35 is good. Everything else was has been hitting. Uh, the 100 yarder is now good. All these sight marks that I'm putting in are now verified, corrected. Um, it was the, the whole point for me to shoot these events right now is to get this shit ironed out for reading, 
right? If I can't shoot the outlaws, at very least, I can use these events to get my shit together, okay? So the 11-yarder missed at one, made the correction, got the 21. Embarrassing, to say the least. I was the only guy to miss the 11-yarder in my group. It was a bummer. It's it's one of the easier ones, right? It's kind of like a gimme target, and it's just like, dude, <laughs> if it is your sight marks, then you just didn't do your homework. And you know, I I own it. That's what happened. You know, that's what got me on that one. Um, and then let's see. It looks like I have a 13 yarder that also hit high, but was in. And uh, I'm, I can't remember. Let's see if I got the 11 corrected. I don't know why the 13 hit high, but was in. But either way, wasn't a huge issue. And then my final target that I missed was a very interesting target. It was a 57-yard uphill uh, deer, right? And there was a slight cut. It was about a half-yard cut. And uh, I was kind of wondering, normally what I like to do is either step forward or step back from the stake. Like, one, like you know, either you place your back foot on the stake and it will kind of cut it to, you know, if it's 57 and a half, it might cut it to 57. Or if you put your front leg at the stake and step back, it'll make it 50. Well, if I guess it's 57 and a half, it'd be 58, right? Sometimes you can kind of fudge it just a little bit to get a square number that matches your um, range finder. And for me, I shoot off of the range finder. You know, the range finder will tell you your angle compensation it'll tell you it does all the hard work for you so all you have to do is shoot i know some people think that's like range finders have their limitations and i'm sure they agree but i i rarely run in in, i rarely come across that so i'm standing there and it's 57 and a half and or it's like 57.6 is what i'm getting and if i stand forward it's 57.4 and if i stand back it's 57.6. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut a half and uh, step back, I think is what I did. And shot missed out the bottom. And it was the exact opposite of what I... Granted, the stepping forward and stepping back, really, it's just tricking your rangefinder. You're not actually changing the distance. You're just kind of finding a, you know where your rangefinder is agreeing with the number. So I kind of like, I guess fooled myself into thinking I was like a yard closer than I was. Anyway, it was dumb. What I should have done is just round it up because it was 57.6, right? I'm sure if I took a scoot back, it would have been 57, eight, nine or 58 yards. Or I think, I think I'm, I've added a yard to this whole equation. It was a 57 yard, target that I shot for 56 is what my notes said missed out the bottom for the first one added a yard got the 21 so for all you guys shooting uh especially the outlaws any kind of safari I mean this also works for field archery as well um if you make a mistake get your damage control in there right away you know what I mean like if you know you broke you broke a good shot first things first adjust your sight get the second shot in you know, like stop hemorrhaging points right away and then figure out what caused it. So <clears throat> I was confused because I didn't know like, like, man, 
so that that was the end of all the the targets that I missed. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, am I really like chasing windage all day? Um, because of my alignment, it's so strange. Uh, and then I'm kind of thinking like, well, what am I going to do to kind of fix this? I told uh, Mr. Rudy Sandoval, like the lead tech at West Coast Archery, what was going on. And because uh, he had asked me, he's like, well, you said you were chasing windage. And I said, yeah. And he goes, have you checked the the axis? Or I'm sorry, the, the axes, the first axis, first and second axis on your site. And I said, no, no, I didn't. And, you know, I when I built this site out of the... Or when I got it out of the box, <clears throat> a lot of my job, I'm building things and I have to build things as square as possible or as, as even as possible. So that's how I built the, you know, that's how I did the site. I assumed everything was straight out of the box and then I just gave it a little, you know, gave, me, gave it a little love to make it more perfect. And I told him, like, I didn't think that was an issue because on the very slight steep up and down hills that we shot, I hit, you know, I was able to 22 them. It's not like anything was wildly out. You know what I mean? I, I've always heard that your third axis is slave to your first, right? So if your first axis is out, your third would be out as well. <clears throat> I guess unless, you know, your site is right in the middle of that, of where your first axis is out. So Mr. Sandoval said, check this out, right? check out your first and second axis and see what it see how it is because if all your close shots are angled one way and then all your long shots are kind of biased the opposite direction it could very well be that your site like the uh the site itself is not sitting straight up and down <coughs> needless to say i checked when i got home well it was actually like the next day i set my bow up and then checked the first and second axis and they were out <laughs> surprisingly uh so i fixed them and then checked my third axis third axis was pretty good like right away so i would imagine the third axis being fairly decent is why i did not have any trouble on the uphills or downhills it could be that the uphills and downhills just weren't enough to be crazy at, at lodi i do believe there was a few that were like somewhat steep <clears throat> but there you have it like I, that's day one stuff. Rudy even told me, he's like, bud, that is day one stuff. How are you not doing that? And I just kind of chalked it up to, well, mm, I thought I'd build things straight. It was kind of a moment of hubris that bit me in the ass there. <clears throat> if that were, if the first and second axis were good, would I have picked up any of these points? Probably not. The five points that I missed seemed to be just from me having funny sight, you know, punching my own sight marks in weird or, you know, who knows what, maybe the hundred, I don't know. I, I truly, I don't like to think I would have had those points had there been, you know, had I done something different because I didn't, you know, I, when I took those shots, I was a hundred percent certain I was doing the right thing at that moment. So, you know, when they don't go right, you have to analyze, what did I do wrong? How can I do it better in the future? Well, first and second are access are leveled now. Now it's a matter of testing my sight marks. You know, I I gotta test these numbers that I just shot in Lodi, shoot them at the range, and make sure those are good, um, and make sure those aren't like some weird fluke number that I pulled that just happened to work. You know, in strange lighting or with me shooting a funky shot or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So 
yeah, I, I took these notes for you guys just because so many people ask me, you know, which targets did you miss? <laughs> which shots did you miss and why? And I, I don't think many people will give you an account, a solid account of which targets that you missed and why. Um, yeah, so there you have it. I mean, I felt like I shot decent. The bow shooting great. Um, I'm a real fan of the Hamski arrow rest. I didn't think I was going to like it for outdoor. I thought it was just going to be an indoor only type setup. Um, but damn, there's something really nice and relaxing about having a rest that you know, like someone comes along and, and, you know, touches it funny or, you know, bumps into your bow they're not gonna bend a blade that's <laughs> it's the only thing that wigs me out about shooting a blade is that they can get bent and then your sight marks are fucked so the hamski is awesome i got the i got a uh a coyote tan one from west coast that's on my bow now i got a black one from west coast also that's going to go on my other 38 man I, to think I was going to put a blade on and run a blade. <laughs> these things, these rests are awesome. And, you know, I'm sure someone's going to be like, hey, I'm running a blade. Dude, ain't nothing wrong with blades, man. I'm not putting anything down. I'm just saying I like having a setup that is so freaking reliable that like it's it's close to bulletproof. The, the Hamski, the way I have it set up with the, you know, running it Kevin Wilkie style, it's so reliable i don't have to worry about it once it's set up it's set to go so i'm really liking the setup right now i uh recently purchased an axel site uh <coughs> west coast has a bunch of axel sites in now and they just got a bunch of landslides in and i got i picked up that uh axel achieve huge fan of this site uh i've been a shibuya loyalist like most of my life um but Shibuya's have like just, I like the site, but if you use it and don't maintain it, if you don't take it apart, spray it with brake cleaner or whatever, you're going to lose like the little the click click function in it. And there's little um, like shims that are built inside the site that if you, you know, run the windage thing or the elevation, uh, the elevation out too far, these little shim things will just fall right out. So you got to be careful. Mine have never fallen out, but I have two friends that shot Shibuya's. <laughs> their things did fall out. <laughs> they're, they're a bitch to replace. So anyway, the Axel is super simple. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, what else I got? I'm trying bee stingers out. And you know, like I've said before, they're like, I call them the 60% carbon craft bar. But they don't not work. They definitely work. <laughs> so, and the the ones I got look damn cool. So I like running them just because yeah, you gotta look good too. Um, you know, Parkinson strings on this bow went out for a spin. No stretches. Granted, uh, what was it? Forty two targets times twenty two. It's like eighty, eighty something shots. Then plus whatever I took at the practice range. Nothing moved peeps still coming back perfectly straight uh i'm just running this bow exactly as it is right now it is set 
and it's a it's a great feeling to have your bow just all set up so that you can just go out and practice work on yourself work on shooting so <clears throat> this saturday guys i'm going to do a little bit of practicing my plan is to test my knock indexed arrows versus non-indexed arrows versus alex mueller's bomar indexed uh or pured arrow shafts and my plan is to do this all at like 100 yards i will also make an effort to test left helical versus right helical fletchings on just a couple random arrows so they'll be independent of the the indexing test but um i want to see if fletching your arrow in the direction of you know the uh the bear shaft the natural spin um actually helps your groups at 100 yards so that'll be two things that i'll test and and i'll give you guys the uh i'll give you guys the honest data and let you decide from there you better believe it if it works out one way that's how i'm going to be running it so <laughs> enjoy this episode guys um you know, the show's brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. Darren and Bet, my homies in Napa, they're doing work. They're Saracoting a 38 for me right now. Uh, I'm not as wild as the rest of you guys. I'm not getting like an American flag or anything. It's uh, I think I'm just going to get it done in gunmetal or something like gunmetal. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, thank you all for who have purchased hats and continue to support the show. Uh, even if you haven't purchased a hat and if you just send me a message saying you love the show, I, I greatly appreciate it. it. It keeps me juiced to keep doing this. Um, I know I'm just covering a lot of the outlaws right now, which is a California based safari event. So you guys that are, um, you know, in other States, you know, I appreciate the, the fact that you're still listening. I don't know how to shoot ASAs or 3d, so I can't give you any advice there. Some of this stuff carries over, you know, uh, most of it is going to be in preparation for Redding that, you know, I think a lot of people go to Redding that just aren't in California. So you guys from out of state that are going to Redding, this stuff can help you. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and, uh, enjoy this interview with Alan and Jacob, my two homies from West coast, my homies. Peace out. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'm here with. Jacob Barber and Alan Brunetta, the uh, what's up? Recent winners hey. of the Lodi Cartoon Classic uh, Outlaw Leg Number Two. How's it going, fellas? Going good. Going good. Going good. How you doing? Uh, I'm very well. I'm quite well. It's a it's a good week for me right now. Um, nice. Yeah, man. Uh, I got like I got some things that, that I can. Uh, play around with i got like arrows that are like special indexed that i get to test on saturday and uh i'm gonna test some like helical stuff but that's just me how, how are you guys doing i'm good i'm good just got finished putting my uh, hunting bow together so mm-hmm. and was that uh matthews v uh v3x 33 mm, nice oh yeah I'm going to go slay some turkeys this weekend. <laughs> what are you up to, Jacob? I'm out of town, up in Chico for work, in a hotel room, bored out of my mind. Dude, J- 
Jacob, I did not know that your day job was like a, a, a one of those high power line guys. Yeah. You're way up there, dude. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets uh, interesting some days. <laughs> you, you look like you like your job, dude. I've been following you on Instagram. Yeah, no, we have fun. Some days are better than others, but dude, you're so high up, you can practically see the curvature of the earth from where you are. It, some of the views that we have up here in the mountain ranges of Chico are just absolutely beautiful and gorgeous up here. I mean, the the uh, canyon crossings that we have. I mean, the, you got the river streams down below, and you're just up on these big steel structures, just tied off, nothing around you but the wind, and it's it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. He's right at home on a big giant pole. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, you guys are both West Coast shooters. Uh, how long have you been shooting for Team West Coast? Alan, I, we already know you've been shooting for West Coast for like 20 years. Since now. day one, bud. Yeah, since they opened the building. Uh-huh. Jacob, you're a new addition to the team, correct? Yeah, I just got my jersey uh, about four or five weeks ago. and Hell I'm yeah. loving it. Hell love- yeah, man. So, Alan, you approached Jacob to be your outlaw partner? Yeah, so Jake came in a couple of years ago to buy a bow. Mm-hmm. I, we sold him a hunting bow, mm-hmm. but he didn't tell me at the time that he didn't plan to hunt at all. He just wanted to shoot targets. So not long after that, he came back in. He sold his hunting bow, and he actually got a target bow. Sick. And then proceeded to shoot a Vegas indoor target for like two years straight. Mm-hmm. And he's a good shooter. Yeah. And, and I told him, I said, all right, dude, enough of this indoor. It's time for you to go outside. We're going to be outlaw partners this, this year. So fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So Jacob, this is like the first real year you're shooting outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first time ever shooting actually anything over 20 yards. <laughs> That's so damn cool, dude. Like, okay. So I've known you to be a pretty decent indoor shooter. Like, I know you came to our, you know, we do a couple little practices here or there up at West Coast. And, uh, you know, we try to put pressure on each other. And you're always there mixing it up. And uh, you're, like, one of the few guys that advanced real quick in indoor. And I I just remember thinking when Alan said he picked you up for Outlaw, I was like, that's a solid move because uh, I am a firm believer that indoor shooting translates. Like once you get real decent and real comfortable shooting indoor, it translates to outdoor, like almost one to one. That's what I keep hearing. And when uh, <laughs> Alan offered, when Alan offered to be uh, me to be his partner, I mentally my jaw dropped, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah, I'll be your partner, man!" <laughs> I was stoked. <laughs> That's great, man. So. Uh, We'll start with uh, Jacob. What were your f- your feelings for uh, the first day? The first day of Lodi. The first day of Lodi. Yeah, I, give uh, us a rundown of how it went down. I I switched up in the morning. I uh, didn't drink any coffee, which is totally what I don't do in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I do go into competition, my brain is everywhere. My heart's racing. I'm shaky as it is. And uh, we got to the practice range, and I, I was feeling really good, and my confidence level boosted. And uh, they called us down for the round table and to give us their cards. And I just—I was just positive that morning for some reason. I—I I was telling myself in my head, like, "You're gonna have fun. Just shoot your shot." And yeah, what it turned out really good. I, what kind of score did you? I shot. Shooting? 
I shot my personal my personal best. I shot a nine oh six. Nine oh six. Let me let me pull up my notes here. Uh, sorry, I'm looking up handicaps here. Nine oh six. So you I think lost, it's a four. Yeah, you lost you lost two handicap points on this is effectively your second outlaw event. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> That's not what I wanted him to do. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm stoked that I lost your handicap. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first year that I shot Outlaw with Emerson, I was able to knock three handicap points off of the first year. And then when the That's second awesome. year, it was like, I, you know, I didn't get anything better than, you know, not, like, knocking down three after the first. But it looks like it looks like Jacob's on track to beat that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Alan, we'll, give us we'll, your rundown we'll, on the first day. Uh, first day was good. Uh, you shot exceptionally I'll, well. Yeah, I'll, I'll back up the story a little bit. In, uh, in the spring warm-up in Reading, I shot my thirty-eight, which I probably shouldn't have uh-huh. because I do this every year. It sits in my garage, and then the end of uh, indoor season comes around, and I go... Oh, I'm going to shoot 38 and then I'll set it up and shoot it wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And then it won't perform in a tournament. So mm-hmm. Ho- Hoagie even told me, he's like, don't shoot that bow. It's like, nah, it shoots so good. Right. And then it shot like a bag of dicks. <laughs> not, not, it's not the manufacturer. Not like that. It's just, it's just the way it fits. I in. just, it just way it, it. It ran so the, the forty agrees with you more. I think is pretty, yeah. So pretty good yeah. To say. So right after uh, Reading, I switched bows. So I went in with a little bit more confidence shooting my forty. Mm-hmm. So I was already in a better state of mind going into Lodi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, went back to some of my original shooting style and not trying to. You, you hear all the your favorite word, the hype in all the in the whole archery industry on what people are doing and then you come up with a stupid idea to try different things even though you uh-huh. shoot plenty good the way you do it but you right. always want to try to do something different to to see, see if see a new style yeah. yeah to see if something's going to make you you know maybe gain that extra two or three points and so were you trying that in reading or was it mainly the 38 that was i was i was ma- i was it was mainly trying that in reading mm-hmm. so and it just didn't work. So was the thing you were trying, um, like rolling through your shot type thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just keeping the release going. Yeah, I was trying the old uh, Joel Turner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, method, and um, I'm sure if I committed to that 100 right. percent and and did that all year long, you know, it would probably be money. But yeah, dude, my dumb my dumb ass was like, oh, I could do this, and then. Yeah, you know, a buddy I shot of mine, three times. A buddy of mine just messaged me and he said, "Hey, you know, I think I'm going to do a Joel Turner seminar," and I was like, yeah. "Dude, I think it's a great idea if you're going to commit to it. If it's going to be something that you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing now, you know, because I think a lot of that it takes commitment. It takes a lot of like, okay, you're not doing it your way anymore. You're not, uh, you know, saying no yeah. to a shot you don't like anymore. You're hanging it at. You're hanging in it." and making it a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, you know, I I tried I tried something and it didn't work and 
you know, and it, it worked fine in practice for me, but not in a tournament situation. Right. So, you know, I, I came home from Reading and it's like, I ain't shooting that bow anymore. It's just, it, I need to, the 40 is where it fits me the best. So I end up selling you the bow. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. I can't look at this thing anymore. I got, I got to get rid of it. I love me some 38s, dude. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. It's a, it's a great bow, but, uh, so I went into Lodi with my 40, uh-huh. way more confident, mm-hmm. um, shooting the way I normally shoot. Right. And, uh, I just put together a good day, you know? Yes. Day one, you shot a 919. You're I second, did. You're second only to uh, Henry Bass, who... Yep, by one point. Yep, he just woke up on the right side of the bed by one point. Yeah. You tied with Mark Rubio and myself. Yep. Well, yeah. actually, you just tied with Mark Rubio. I, I was saying that, like, I really can't count my score as similar to yours because you guys are shooting in groups of much higher pressure. So, yeah, where you got you got some some good money on the line. Yes, you got money on the line, and you're thinking about strategy, like you know, handicap points the whole nine. It's it's a, a different ball game for you guys. Yeah. So, and I oh, I'm sorry. I, I I was I was definitely thinking Wendell Souza, you know, halfway through because I don't think I dropped a point till almost over halfway. Uh-huh. So I'm like. Damn, if Wendell could clean this shit, I could clean this shit. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't know if that, uh, I don't think that got me. Well, but. let's uh, let's be real. You only dropped five points, right? Yeah, five points the first day. Tell me, those five points on day one are not points you could have hit. Oh my god, they were stupid. Exactly. Bad, stupid. So you can see that one was like a thirty-six yarder, like. Uh-huh. On a dot the size of your face. <laughs> well, my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, it just stupid shots. You know, just uh, maybe being overconfident, or what happens is sometimes you go to these shoots, and sometimes the spots aren't like regulation for that distance. So you go up there, and that thirty-six yarder, I'm like. And that's a big spot. And as soon as you start thinking that mentality where, oh, I can't miss that spot, mm-hmm. you start getting lazy. Right. So when you get la- lazy, then and then shit happens and you yeah. end up dropping out or shooting left or whatever. You stop aiming diligently. Yeah. And start, you let things kind of float around a little. But, man, I figured right since I figured right after I shot the 100, 100 yarder, you know, I made two beautiful shots on that. I was like, Oh, I got this, but then you just make a couple little mistakes, and well, I think you saw the, like you came really close. All right, I'm going to say five down is very close to cleaning it, and I think you can see how it's possible now. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's possible, and uh, not taking anything away from Lodi, I think it's the perfect course for the second outlaw, but it is um, a far less technical course than. Yes, like Reading. You know, mm-hmm. um, I felt like the dot sizes were generous, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they weren't, you know, regulation or whatever. Maybe the hundred was a little big, but um, you know, it's not a very technical course, so it's perfect to figure out what are you doing right and what are you doing wrong. 
Yeah. You know, the, the, the hardest target they have at that course isn't even the longest target. It's that up on top of the hill at that snack shack, that I agree. Six, 65 yard downhill, downhill, uh, downhill. Mm-hmm. that one, that one ate me up. I made two, and I made two better shots. I think I, I posted a picture in my group at that and, you know, two arrows half inch out, almost mm-hmm. touching. Yeah. But that, you know, that, that's probably their most technical target on that course. Right. Um, Jacob, what, what were your opinions on the Lodi course? Uh, just because you're you kind of got like a fresh brain, you know, like you've shot Redding, right? Or at least you shot the yes. uh, the Redding course for the first outlaw. What did you think of the Lodi course? I thought it was uh, a very clean course mm-hmm. uh very well well organized everybody there was uh very nice and everyone's uh, on their shit everyone's on their game yeah there. yeah it was just like you just get there and the markers how it was all laid out and the, the, the paths to the to the next target and uh it was just a fun time i, I really enjoyed myself that that weekend yeah yeah i uh I love Lodi. Uh, th- that's always been one of my faves. It's uh, it's such a good course. Everyone there's super nice. The shoot off range is nice. The practice range. Um, the second day course that you guys shoot um, is insanely, cool. insanely difficult. Or not difficult, technical. Yeah, see, it's like it's like night and day, two different courses. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> second day course. Is like from target one. If you start off like you know where the road kind of splits, um, mm-hmm. if you start like right there, it is it is rough right out of the gate, where you're shooting stuff uphill, you know, on a side hill. Uh, you're standing. In you the got mud. branches in the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of branches. What did you guys? Uh, uh, we'll start with Jacob. Jacob, what did you think about the? Uh, the technical course what was the uh did you have any highlights did you have any uh favorite targets or any that stood out to you uh i didn't have any that that stood out it was uh the shooting lanes were real narrow and the the brush around it to the to the target was was pretty narrow and thick and it kind of just made you like get on your game a little harder and mm-hmm. made you kind of concentrate a little more towards the target, uh-huh. which was, it just, it, it was just a different mindset going into that one. Just, just even seeing the first target, it was like, Oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I got it. I got, I got to pay a little more attention here. And Alan, Alan, Alan always taught me, you know, dig, if you got to dig a little, little trench out with your foot and get a good footing, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting there kicking the dirt more than I'm, <laughs> More than I used to, just to get a good footing, and yeah, you gotta do that. Yeah, Alan taught me yeah. all about that. He's the first guy to, to show me. Like you, you kind of excavate a little flat spot with your feet. Yeah, hashtag Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Alan, why don't you let me know what you thought about that second day course? Uh, I will agree with the. It is more technical. The shooting lanes aren't as groomed and. More, more or less, the shooting uh, stakes where you shoot from are very ungroomed. You know, uh-huh. um, I was talking with Zach because he's he's a member at Lodi, and I was like, "Man, you got to clear out some better spots back here for next year. You know, make it go a little smoother and have 
you know, some of the stations, you only shoot one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wanted to keep it that way because it is more or less their unmarked uh, hunting, more hunting style targets they put up right. for the club club shoot. So they like to have, you know, you know, very uh, more natural habitat, I guess, uh-huh. you know, for those targets. So, which I understand. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely more technical in that aspect. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like there was targets that were too horribly hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dropped six points the second day, which I wasn't as pleased with, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, definitely shots that I've made and I know I can make it's, you know, just you know, things just didn't go right. You you, right. you just missed, but six down um, is also about the average going for that second day. Yeah, Plus yeah, every, everyone point here or there. You know, mm-hmm. I think yeah, some everyone dropped four. Some people dropped five. Some people dropped six. But that was about for the top shooters. The top guys were somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Did you so, have, uh, any targets that stood out to you? Um, one of the ones that kind of ate me up was the. Uh, I think I shot a 20 on that bedded sheep. That one was pretty technical. The spot was uh, on a white white sheep. The spot was was regulation, it, it seemed like. But, you know, you got a, st- a decently steep downhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with the footing, just that was, that was one of the more harder targets. They do have, like, a 75-yarder, but was I didn't feel that one. Is the 75 a it was an elk. An elk, yeah. There's over, yeah. and that's over like maybe not a canyon, but it's into like some thick uh, forest, right? Yeah, like, it's kind of kind of over one is. of the yeah one of the drainages, and I shot a twenty one on that, but that's a tough one. Um, that's a, yeah, that's the definitely that's a tough, tough one. Ones. There's definitely a few few harder shots, but it's like you said, even even on the. The first forty-two, you know, it definitely is cleanable. You know, mm-hmm. keeping if you keep your your game strong, you, you know, it definitely. If you keep your, you mind could clear, do it. I find if you keep your mind clear and you just shoot, you know, yeah, solid shots, I, it's all doable. One thing I noticed on day one versus day two for me was day one I let down a lot, mm-hmm. which I hate letting down, but I feel uh, it was the right move. You know, not. You get into a target and you're aiming, and it's just not going good. You know, in the past, I've always just kind of worked through it. But day one, man, I, I let down quite a bit. Right. But then day two, I, I, as I remember, you know, I didn't let down nearly as much. <laughs> I, so when I probably should have. I started letting down towards the end of my day, like right towards the end, because I really wanted to catch you. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God, a couple targets left. I can I can match Alan's <laughs> score. I can beat him. <laughs> And then I dropped, Boy. I dropped one more, and I, I, I got, I was about five nine ten. I was like, ah, send it, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, forget so, it. Tell me how uh, day two panned out. All right. Oh, you know what? Let's back up a little bit. How did you guys finish on day one? Like, where were you guys <laughs> sitting relative to everybody else? Do you know? Day day one, we were, we were tied. There was a seventeen way tie for first place. There were seventeen clean teams mm-hmm. after day one. So. Uh, Jake and I went in to day two with four mulligans uh-huh. left. Is that right, Jake? Four? Uh, he's four, yeah. Yeah. So 
So you guys used two. Cause we Jake, used two day Jake, one. Jake was a six going into this. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you guys burned two on the first day. Burned two on the first day. You know, worked worked through day two. And we get down to the, to the very last target, and we still had one mulligan left. Oh, that's a good feeling. You know, I get up first. That was a tough target. What was it? What, yeah. was, what was the target? It, it wasn't that long of a target. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it it was was, like a, I, I was the last to shoot, and I knew I had to make those two strong shots. I knew we only had one mulligan left. Uh-huh. I wanted to I wanted to end strong, and that one I felt the pressure on there. And I, After I made that, that, that 22, I was... I was I was so stoked that it was over. I was like, <laughs> you know, like all the weight came off my shoulders. You twenty? Oh man, that's left. a good feeling, dude. I guess yeah, I guess cool. I guess Jake didn't realize that since I shot first, I shot a twenty-two on my target. Uh-huh. Maybe he didn't compute that. So that's good <laughs> that you had that you had that that pressure and you were able to to put them both in. You got some nerves yeah, for free. That a boy. But yeah, we we uh, you know obviously we started the target with two other clean teams and you know throughout that second day they you know dropped one or two and uh that last target jake and i cleaned it and walked off the course with one mulligan and i was like damn i was like dude there is i'm like dude there is no way that we'll be the only clean team bud so you i was like (laughs) jake's like i'm gonna get something to eat i'm gonna get a coke i'm like dude just settle down let's we, we gotta we gotta keep our mind straight. We're gonna yeah. be in a shoot off. Keep like, your gear. Keep your gear. Don't keep, put yeah, anything. We're away. not putting we're not putting nothing away. We're gonna be shooting off. And then slowly for that next like half hour uh-huh. to forty five minutes, you know, as While teams me, are and, me and me and What's Alan were sitting on me and me and Alan were sitting on the uh abandoned golf golf cart there and I walked up to Alan and he goes, Hey, come over here, sit down. He starts talking to me and he goes, You ready? I'm like what do you mean? He's like, we're going to get into some shoot-offs here. And I'm like, I'm like looking around. I'm like, Alan, I'm nervous. He's like, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we're, like, we're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Jake. Dude, there's no time that I'm not nervous. You know? Yeah. I, I think I think it, the the guys that are like, not not taking anything away from all you guys that are super confident, but I think the guys that just openly say, like, I'm fucking nervous. I think. I think you do okay, you know. It it hasn't hurt. No, it's me yet. good. It feels good. It hasn't hurt me yet to acknowledge how how nervous I am for the situation. So, yeah. how it just you, means uh, you want it. Yeah, it just means you want it, man. And it means you're there. It means you're present. You know, you're feeling everything yeah. that, as it's coming through. Mm-hmm. So, how did the the shoot offs go? Well, because you guys had a couple shoot offs, right, Alan? You had uh, individual shoot off. Yeah, I had an individual shoot off, but. We we found out that we were the only clean team before that. Oh, oh shit! Which, so you guys won it outright. Yeah. So <laughs> I I was like I was shocked because as we were sitting in the golf cart just bullshitting, you know, as people were coming in, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake and I, you know, we we finished clean as a team. How how'd you do? You know, you, you know, you were clean. Oh, we're down one. Next guy. Oh, we're down two. You like, guys are starting to look at. And I'm kind of oh. I'm like starting to like add these up. I'm like, dang, Jake. I'm like. Oh. You know, and I'm not trying to toot my my own horn or Jake's. You know, we you know we shot well as a team, and you know the competition was fierce. There there oh, were some yeah. really good shooters this weekend, so I'm not trying to be cocky or nothing like that. But like we're sitting there, and I'm like, dude, there I, I haven't heard of another clean team yet. You know, and as as it kind of come goes by, and then I think someone walks up and goes, congratulations. You know, 
you, you guys are the only clean team. I'm like, what? That like, I was, I was actually, <laughs> I was, I was pretty shocked, honestly, because I was like, the way people were shooting this this last weekend, I was like, there's no way. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so, so that was pretty cool. That's way cool. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, there, there was, there was still quite a bit of shoot offs, though. Yeah. So, you know, for did you guys both end up getting into shoot offs? I did not uh, get into a shoot off. Okay. So, so Jacob, you you did your part as amateur partner, and you got you got the team to uh, shit. You got the team out there clean, man. That's amazing. Yeah, Jake did. Jake did great. He he picked me up on a few targets. You know, he we ham and egg really good. Jacob, how how does it feel to pick up your partner on a target? Ham and eggs, ham and eggs, ham and egg in it, and picking up points for your partner and getting good coverage. Uh-huh. All these new terms, all these new terms I'm learning, I'm loving <laughs> it. And uh, I got a huge smile on my face. makes me want to practice and get out there even more. I'm in a hotel room right now by myself. I brought my, my bow and all my equipment and a Morel square target, and I'm shooting four yards in my hotel here, blank bailing. <laughs> boy. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's so cool. So, all right, Alan, uh, give us the rundown. How the shoot-down go? Or the shoot-offs? Uh, shoot so, the... I can't remember in detail the there was quite a few shoot offs for teams. Uh-huh. Um and I can't really remember how that went down, but it was fun to watch, you know. I know it and Turo put down a smoker shot, Austin put down a good shot to, to you know, whittle their way into better placements and mm-hmm. um but for individual uh, Rubio, Mark Rubio, he won it outright. Damn. Uh but like I said, the competition was, was good this yeah. weekend you know it was only a two-point swing for the top five positions wow so it was pretty close and um so mark won it outright and then i believe it was austin and caleb were oh, tied cool. for second second and third and then myself and henry bass were tied for fourth or fifth oh wow so, so um so i ended up shooting off with henry i tried switching bows with him do the old uh, <laughs> the old Oregon special bees yeah. like I'm not I'm not I'm not falling for that this year <laughs> and uh you don't want to shoot a dart in any way it's not like, I know it's not like old Henry Bass <laughs> yeah I just I just wanted to give him a chance <laughs> no, no Henry, Henry's a great shooter and anytime anytime I could uh shoot same scores as him you know I, I feel pretty good yeah and uh we had you know one shoot off one arrow close to the center and I shot one, uh, just in and he shot one just out. So Ooh. I was able to, you know, get fourth place there individual. Uh-huh. The shoot offs was, uh, was made it a little interesting cause the wind picked up pretty good. You know, the afternoon up there in that practice range, right. you can get a pre- pretty decent right to left. Yeah. There is no wind, time so. that I have not been up there for shoot offs that there wasn't a little bit of wind going somewhere. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's always made the shootoffs much more interesting. Yeah, and I had a, I compensated. I, I held, I held a hard three o'clock side and just put one in like at eight o'clock. So Damn. it definitely moved. Ooh, man. Yeah. So, man, it, it was awesome. It was fun. Well, I love shooting with all those guys and girls. Yeah. No, hey, I'm right there with you, man. Like it, I'm bummed out. I can't shoot the outlaws with you guys, but still being there, getting to talk to everyone, mix it up, and then see yeah. you guys 
do so well is uh is a lot of fun for me so yeah so how did you practice how did you both so i know you guys did a little bit of practice leading up for lodi what what did you guys end up doing uh i didn't do nothing too crazy honestly because i switched bows Uh uh-huh you know i i got that bow sighted in you know with the sight i put the sight tape on i think the uh, one or two days before actually the weekend before i was able to get my sight tape on and then just check my marks i didn't you know get a chance to shoot angles or nothing like that it was Uh was more or less just making sure my sight marks were on and then just straight practicing flat ground you know out to you know 100 yards Uh uh-huh so I didn't do nothing too crazy. Just try to get, you know, a, a good uh, five or six practice sessions in between Redding and Lodi. Right, right. How about you, Jacob? Did you uh, go hit up, like, Lake Sonoma or any of those fields? Yeah, I went to Lake Sonoma a few times. Even brought my wife one time because I was going out there. And she uh, bought a chair and a book. And I just sat there at the 60 and got comfortable at longer yardages because hell yeah like i said like i said earlier i mean i all i shot for the past two years was indoor 20 yards and Mm -hmm. it's a little different when you start getting that further out you know i gotta yeah the pin float everything starts to feel a little different Mm -hmm. yeah alan alan helped me uh tune up my bow a little more for outdoor shorten my draw length a little bit from the redding shoot and Sweet. Changed my pin size from a nineteen thousands to a bigger, just a dot. And oh, really? Yeah, kind of, kind of all helped out and came together. What kind of dot are you shooting? Uh, it's a uh, high vis green. It's it's not too small, not too big. It's like a mediumish sized dot. And it actually it actually worked worked really well. Was that the first the first day of the Lodi one? We were on that seven footer, Alan. Yeah, that was our very first target. Okay, I was, that was, just, I was just about to ask you guys about that. Go on, go on, Jake. What about that seven foot? That, what about that? The seven foot was the one I was one of them. I was really worried about because that dot size. Uh-huh. And I heard, I heard uh, Austin say, "Hey, be careful on the dot size because it could on those real close ones. It could uh, cancel out the the little dot you have to hit, like uh-huh. the seven seven footer." Yeah, but uh, I got I got lucky on that one, and uh, <laughs> it, it it didn't it didn't cover it all up. I could still see it. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that size dot. Hey Jake, what um power lens are you running? I'm running a six power lens from Feather Vision. Sweet, sweet. Alan, what are you running? The same. Nice. Same. Jake and I are twins and on the nice. lenses. Well, I imagine and, I mean, you guys get all your stuff from West Coast, so you gotta be having. Like we all have very similar gear, you know. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you guys are running XL sites. Yeah. Jacob, you're running Shibuya, right? New Shibuya. Uh, no. Uh, for the outdoor here, I'm I'm running the XP XL. Sweet. Yep. Likewise. <laughs> I think we all very, can't beat it. I think we all have very similar bows here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I wanted to ask you guys about the seven footer. Okay. I thought it was very interesting because the seven footer is in between two and three yards, but it's not like you can't just average the two your two and three yard mark. It's, no, it's because it's not directly in the middle. It's it's a little closer to one than the other. 
Did you guys? How did you uh, prepare for the seven footer? I could. I thought I had remembered it was somewhere around seven or eight feet. Uh-huh. So you shot yours in. Uh, yeah, I shot mine in. I I definitely made sure my two yard and three yard were a hundred percent. Um, and and actually they had in the practice range they had a seven foot target oh, at shit. the practice range at Lodi. So uh-huh. I was like, I was already pretty confident in my mark, and I was just like, ah, oh, shit, might, might as well, you know, just double check. Uh-huh. And I use a uh, Archer Advantage online to print side tapes and. Uh-huh the side tape will get printed and it'll have a, a foot conversion. So it'll give you like, I want to say like five foot all the way to 35 foot and convert yes. into what yardage to, to put your side at. Uh-huh. So my seven footer was right at 64 yards. So dialed it right to that 64 and I mean middle. So Hell yeah. I was like, perfect. Hell yeah. Jake, how did, how did you do your seven? Uh, Friday, afternoon we got to Lodi up to the practice range and uh I heard that there was a seven footer and I really wanted to get my close marks going and Alan always brings a uh, small little was it a Reinhardt or something yeah and uh I I grabbed a garbage can from up there and I, I, I start rolling it out about six seven feet and uh someone yells down the side they're like hey you know there's a there's a uh, seven foot mark out here, and it was all the way on the opposite side. I was. I started <laughs> laughing because these, these guys are probably like, "What is this guy doing?" You know. <laughs> but uh, that was really cool that they had it set up there, so you can get your sight in marks. And I'm using both arch. I'm using both Archer's mark and Archer's advantage, so I was kind of getting both as close as I could. Right on. And dude. Uh, I went. I went and edited my Archer's mark mm-hmm. and got it dialed in and. That just gave me the confidence and good move, felt really dude. good about that. That's that's one of the strengths of Archer's Mark is that ability to edit on the fly. You know, yeah, that was nice. Oh well, that's awesome, dude. You guys did good. Got your well, seven yeah, yard you. homework in. Do you guys know what the homework is for Reading? Uh, they're gonna have a three and a four yarder right now. Ooh, three and forty yarder. But okay, Reading comes after. Uh, are you guys both doing the break the barrier shoot? I will be. I'm not going to make it to break the barriers this year. I I wanted to make it, but I can't make it with work. Right, right. It's it's tough to hit to hit them all in. Um, Alan, who's your partner going to be for break the barriers? Uh, the infamous, the world famous, the half crippled Brandon Williamson. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know Brandon was still shooting. I thought he was hanging it up. Yeah, you know, he's he's more than just cheeseburger pictures these days. <laughs> wow, that'll no, be, I, that'll be I talked to him. Uh, I talked to him there uh, actually just a, a day or two ago. He says his shoulders really, really been feeling good. He's had a you know a little bit of a, a sore shoulder for quite a while, and he's uh-huh. able he's to. He's healing. He's ramping up his arrows. He's says he's got good marks. He's feeling good. So. Sweet. We're all we're all registered for that, so we we should. Uh, okay, that's oh, not this weekend. That's next weekend. Is the break the barrier shoot correct? Correct. Yeah, the ninth and tenth or something. And then uh, after that, we have like a a few weeks off, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be the was it Sonoma uh, Ultimate shoot? 
Yeah, the Sonoma County Bowman Ultimate Shoot, which will be a 28 target, three arrow, orange spot mm-hmm. in uh, Petaluma, out in the out in uh, West Petaluma, Sweet. at the Dutra Ranch. That's, that'll be, be fun. The, that it's gonna be the Dutra Ranch. Yeah, yeah, I'll be out there. Holy smokes, uh, Jacob, are you going to that? I'm on the fence right now about that one, but I'm hoping to make it. Okay, cool, awesome. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just really focused in on st- uh, staying with the outlaws right now and. Mm-hmm. Right, there is always the the whole thing where like you don't want to lose handicap points, you know, outside of outlaws if you don't have to. You mm-hmm. know, so I get that, I get that. Uh, what was I? I lost handicap points once, shooting like, like a Yolo money shoot or something like that. <laughs> you know, out in Davis, <laughs> and I remember Emerson was like, "Dude, you're not worth anything to me anymore. You don't have any more handicap points." I know, right? It's like you you want you want the guy to uh, lose points, you know, because he's getting better. But then you don't want him to lose any points. You're like, no, you need to stay a solid six. Well, Jacob, you could always pull an Adam Ross and shoot your last arrow right into the ground. <laughs> you know, if you want to. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so that yeah, that uh, will be the 24th i think of this month right the ultimate the the ultimate's the let me look yeah that's the 24th and then immediate the week after is the fresno safari correct and jacob i take it you're you're geared up for that one yeah i'm going to the fresno safari that's a good good event alan do you remember what you shot the fresno safari last year yeah uh i shot six down for the whole weekend damn yeah, so was that a 13, 14? No, I don't remember. I remember you shot the equivalent of a nine eighteen on your first day. Like, if, I think we, because it was like less targets the first day. So I think we just. Yeah, I think it was harder. like a 40 and then 20 targets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I dropped six six down the first day and then I cleaned the second day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were, you were smoking, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that was with the forty. So I'm uh, feeling good. Back. Oh yeah, I'm fe- feeling good with that bow, and hopefully we can. What are you gonna do? If it... Matthews releases a new bow, and it's a thirty-six. I just keep shooting the forty. Atta boy. Atta boy. I'm sure I'll try one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see what's on the other side of the fence. I know. Uh, I'm always willing to try something, and then <laughs> yeah. it's either going to go really good or it's going to crash and burn. Yeah, or you just sell it to me, you know? Shit. Yeah, I'm I'm buying <laughs> and sell it to you. What's uh What's your guys? Um, I don't want to say strategy. What's your guys' plan as far as preparing for Fresno? Just just practice a little more. Probably try to get a get a day maybe up at Lake Sonoma and and. Practice shooting those uh, angles. Oh, do you guys practice together? I mean, when you can't, I imagine when you can. I know. Yeah. Your schedule recently. Yeah, we practice a lot together. Um, but there's times where you got to split up and uh-huh. do it on your own as well. And so, I've actually uh, been really fortunate to have someone like Alan bring me under his wing since day one and pretty much just show me the do's and don'ts, the ins and outs of this game. And I was, you know, really thankful for Alan and. Oh. Everybody at West Coast hooking me up. Oh man, uh, I'm getting all teary eyed. 
right? <laughs> yeah, dude, he, you're his Emerson, dude. I'm, I'm his sensei, yeah, as man. you would say. Yeah. yeah, his sensei. I mean, truly, I've always thought of archery as like a, like a fat guy's martial art, you know? And there's like a, a lineage of who you have learned under. Because the things you learn, it kind of shapes like all your, whatever your wacky beliefs in archery are. You know, like how you tie your knock point, um, you know, where you set your knock point, how, whether or not you tune for a bullet hole, whether or not you bear shaft. All that stuff is kind of ingrained in you from your early coach, you know. And so, yeah, you got a good one, Jake. Uh, Alan's, yeah. Alan's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always willing to help because when I when I started shooting target, you know, I didn't I didn't have anybody there. You know, hand, it was hands and I pretty much. And you know, when he first opened the shop, so you know, I literally had to figure out all this target stuff on my own for like the first six or seven years. Yeah, didn't you and Hans shoot uh, like target archery with like eighty pound bows? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. Maybe they were seventy, but still, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's you know. So you know, you get you get someone like Jake who's just super passionate about it. You know, I like, see he wants to do everything and learn everything and be the best he can. So it's it's yeah. nice to to help out any way I can since yeah. so it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. And you know, Jake, I think um I mean, you're already a four handicap. That's already a pretty, you know, that's an established you're an established shooter now. So, you know, from here forward, all you're doing is chipping away at that at that handicap until you hit the infamous zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you it, lose any more handicaps, you're going to have to find a different partner. <laughs> You'll be looking for a <laughs> six, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, you, I mean, it'll happen. It'll eventually happen. But in the meantime, you just soak it up and like it sounds like you're on the right path, dude. Yeah, I, it's just good. it's awesome. Like, I I was just stoked because it was like you know I like both you guys. I consider you guys my buddies. To to hear that you, you guys too, win, and then I, like we heard it. I think we got like a text from somebody midway on you know because we were shooting the forty eight when you guys were shooting the twenty. I think I texted you. Was yeah, and yeah. we flipped around. I was like, "Dude, they won it outright." <laughs> we did. We did like a little <laughs> leprechaun dance, like right there in the middle of the fucking field. <laughs> we were so stoked, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I, if you guys consider that um, it was Kevin Pearson Tate that won the first event, you guys are probably up there. As far as you know, the king of the team, king of the outlaws. Like I don't know who. Yeah. I don't know who second and third was in Reading. I think it was was Austin one of them. It could have been, but good, uh, a good good chance. He's been shooting good, so. Yeah. So you guys are, you know, as a team, you guys are definitely up there. I think. Uh, I think you guys will be. Yeah, ex- ex- especially that you know they're taking. Uh, there's four outlaws, and they're just doing best of three exactly so you have you have one a throwaway event essentially so you guys intend to do you know, four I didn't know that. that's nice <laughs> what's that yeah show? well i didn't know there was a best of three there was a uh, throwaway one. <laughs> yeah yeah there's just one event gets to be thrown away and they'll take the highest scores from the three 
And we're definitely throwing away Redding. <laughs> yeah, the, the spring warm up that's going bye bye. That that was the definition of warm up. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough course, so, man. Uh, there's something about that one. It is. I think it, it catches is. people off guard because uh, it's just like it's all of a sudden and it's like boom, nose to the grindstone right away. Uh huh. Nose to so. the grindstone for sure. Yeah, man. So uh, awesome, fellas. Like I- I'm stoked to see you guys do well. Um, I won't be in Fresno, but I will be in Nevada City. In fact, I actually might be a competitor in Nevada City because I think I'm going to be shooting the Outlaw event. Who's who are you going to partner with? I don't know yet. I'm gonna. I created a Facebook group to find free agents, so I might might as well just use it at some point. I saw that. That's really cool. I started following it, <laughs> dude. These fools will use it for anything but finding a partner. <laughs> you know some dude's like oh who's your favorite archer it's like shut the fuck up get out of here that's not what this is for so yeah, <laughs> you know but um yeah or uh, i intend to look for a partner for nevada city so nice you know, hopefully i'll get to mix it up with you guys maybe we'll see yeah. in a shoot off or something oh yeah these uh eastern accident errors man i'm telling you oh uh, yeah let's give us do a little breakdown on your guys gear so we're all shooting similar bows. Uh, Jake, what bow are you shooting? I got the TRX-40. You guys are both shooting 40s? Yep. Oh, man. This has gotten even better. <laughs> you guys are adorable. <laughs> uh, Jake, what bars are you shooting? I got the uh, Carbon Craft X-rated bars. Sweet. I got a 30-inch front and a 15-inch back bar. Sweet. That's how I run my Carbon Craft. And uh, Alan, what, what are you running? You're running Rev X's, correct? Yeah, I was I was having uh, some issues with with the bars being so stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting a set of uh, shrewd Rev X's, thirty in the front and fifteen in the back. So I'm I'm on the the Wendell lightweight kick right now. So mm, it's a good kick, dude. Yeah, oh, I think I'm only running. How much weight do you run? Yeah, four and a half on the front and ten on the back. Ooh, that's a good feeling, Bo. I can already picture. Yeah, Jake, how it, much weight it, are you are you running? Uh, I got twenty two on the back and seven up front right now. All right, all right, I can dig it. Uh, let's see. So, give me the rundown on your arrows, Alan, because I know you built your arrows and Jake's, right? Yeah. So I've been wanting to build a set of these for Target since. They first came out uh, instead of the East End Long Range, mm-hmm. and I know I know you had that idea at one point, but uh, I, I did it. I did I did it before you. I had a similar idea. I wouldn't say it was the same, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that they came out with that arrow. Is it's a hunting arrow, mm-hmm. but it's one of the straightest arrows that Easton makes. Right, it's, it's a micro diameter, right? Yeah, it's a four four millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, zero point zero zero one. Yeah, it's it's a it's a damn good arrow. I got it set up with a one twenties, some biter hunter knocks, uh-huh. with a inch in one point seven five Q two I. You're running one seventy five Q two Is. Yeah. Are you guys both running SLs? Yeah. Yeah, we got this. We we got the same same arrow set up with the. Q2I. So you guys are both running at 175 SLs, huh? Yep. Three flex. And I, I'll, 
I definitely can admit that they shoot as good or better than my X10s. Whoo! Well, uh, are they they're match grade, right? I'd imagine they're match yeah, grade. Yeah, match grade. On on paper, they're a straighter arrow than the X10. And I'm not trying to put X10s down. I've got three or four dozen of them, and they shoot great. But uh-huh. if you know, if you want a good arrow, that's you know a fraction of the price. That's definitely a good option. It's hard to beat carbon. Dude. I've actually had more more people message me after Lodi about what arrow I was shooting than anything. Hell yeah. So. Well, you, you tell them where they can get those arrows from? Oh, yeah. West Coast Archery. We got them in stock, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's a video of you doing, like, the Salt Bay guy. Uh, <laughs> like, a little <laughs> sprinkle of a whole bunch of Easton Axis arrows. You're like, bling, bling, bling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think I remember seeing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, shit, fellas, like, uh, thanks for being a guest on the show and giving me the rundown and the recap. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Thanks for having me on. Jacob, dude, I got to say, man, you earned it. You shot really well. If there's uh, one thing that I try to stay consistent on with this show is to, I like to interview guys that have won, you know, Uh, regardless Mm -hmm. of how long you've been shooting. If you do it, it, you know, First, you're competing. You kind of went through the fire. You went through the nerves, you know, and you came out the other side. And I think it's a, it's a good story to tell everyone, you know. So other guys that of similar experience or guys that are less experienced than you can kind of get an idea of, you know, what you went through and what you did to get through it, ultimately. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well done. Uh I'm looking forward to seeing you just shoot it up for the rest of the season. Uh, Heck yeah. You know, I won't put any pressure on you, but I predict, you know, you're not going to stop at four handicap points. I I have a feeling this is going to be a good season for you. Thank you. AB, you got anything to add? Yeah, public service announcement. Watch where you put your freaking bow. Why? What happened? Oh, my God. They were going down. At least I, I saw six bows fall on the ground this weekend <laughs> like every day there's like oh there goes a bow on the ground boom there's another one there's another one yeah well I like I, I i'm so cautious about where i put my bow and so am know, I. I sit there and a lot of people kind of just kind of forget about it and just kind of put your kickstand on and set their bow down and start walking away as the thing's falling on the ground <laughs> so uh, I watch where bow. you put your bow i was shooting with uh tommy daly's two sons right and these two yeah. guys are so damn funny. Like, they're hilarious, right, to shoot with. They're always just cracking jokes, and they're like, oh, yeah, Mark Rubio told us we're going to, you know, we're going to give you shit all day today. At one point, I set my bow down, right, and I'm walking away from it to drink some water, and the wind blows. And you know how the Matthews bow is. It's kind of like a big sail, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The wind hits it, and I just drop my water, and I run over to it, and I just grab it, right? <laughs> These two guys were like, dude, they're like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, why? And they're like, we just saw you jolt like out of position for no good reason. I'm like, oh, no, there's a good reason. <laughs> there's always a good reason. Yeah, dude. It's either uh, your bow's falling over, or there's a free burrito. Oh, dude, I think <laughs> one of the daily guys' bows did fall over. I think a do- the dog at the 100-yarder knocked his bow over. Dude. I'm telling you, I've never seen that many bows fall on the ground <laughs> in one shoot. Get this. That dog knocked yeah, that his, was crazy. His dog knocked his bow over twice. Jeez. Oh, Came through oh. and was like, Hey, let me get let me get some of that beef stick and he was like, No, 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 dog. Dog knocks it over. He's like, Oh fuck, okay, he sets it back up. 
And then the dog comes through and just goes, fuck you. And knocks it over again for no good reason. <laughs> Yikes. It's like he was pissed he didn't share that beef stick. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> oh, man. You want to hear another, like, slightly off topic, but I, my buddy Jim, his boat is always getting, like, knocked over or, like, kicked over or something. Like, this girl at the uh, Coyote 600 shoot, she was a photographer. She, like, kicked his bow over and then accidentally stepped on it. Um, and then two weeks ago, he dropped it in practice. And then he went to practice at YOLO. He started shooting, and the sight just sh- his sight just sheared off. <laughs> the, scope, the scope had, a, like, a fracture crack in it, and he's shooting, and the thing just is, like, <laughs> I'll find a picture. But wow, it looked like someone plasma cut the front of his side off. Poor Jimbo. Brutal. Yeah, dude's got some rough luck with Bo's tipping over. Mm. I think if he set up the um, Tim Gillingham four stabilizer, the four thirty oh, yeah, bars, it's, it's like okay. a it's a bow and Walker combination. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be just that is a beast of a bow. <laughs> oh yeah, that shit's working for him. Yeah, it is. Well, fellas. Thanks for being guests on the show. Congratulations on winning Lodi. Congratulations on winning it outright. Um, I think you guys represent West Coast Archery really well. Uh, Alan, you got anything to add? No, I'm good, man. Jacob? Thanks for thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, no, just uh, thanks for having me. Oh, dude. It was my pleasure, guys. Um, anytime you guys do good, I'm going to knock on your door and try to get you on the show. <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Well, good all right, fellas, have a good night. Uh, get some practice, and uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing how you guys do in Fresno. All right, brother. Sounds good. All right, thanks. See you, fellas. See you. All right, bye. bye.